What do you get when you throw two natural-born intuitive mediums together with a passion for animals and empowerment? Spirits, angels, and guides. Oh, my. I'm empowerment medium Tara Diana. And I am intuitive medium Nancy Brady. Together, we focus on the good. The bad. And the ugly of working with the spirit realm. But mostly, we're focusing on the good. There we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am Nancy Brady intuitive medium and i am here with the beautiful tara diana empowerment medium and today is episode two yeah that was the cheering <laughs> masses that was the cheer i was like what was that <laughs> yes episode two no expectations we're talking about the whole flow of trust trusting spirit trusting the metaphysical world uh, why we need to trust the metaphysical world, especially if you want to work in the metaphysical world or the spiritual world. Trust, 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 trust is everything. You know, it for me, I have to agree with you. It's the first number one most important thing for any development work, whether you want to do what Tara and I are doing or not, or if you just want to use your intuition for your own internal GPS, you have to trust the signs from spirit, you have to trust the messages, the whatever it is that they're delivering to you. You know, especially in the beginning development path, people assume, oh, I'm crazy. I must be hearing voices or, oh, that's just, that's just, you know, it just happened. It's no big deal. Coincidence. Thank you. That was a word I was looking for. And it's like, no, you, you got to trust them. Give me an example of when, when you first really learned how to trust spirit. Okay, so here's what I was actually going to kind of like dive in and say is I never, ever went through the process, and this is true, like no lie detected, of do I trust or do I don't trust? I've done this work since I can remember, and the earliest would be three or four years old, okay? So I've I've seen things, I had dreams that, you know, kind of presented themselves in ways that when I look back now, then I wouldn't have understood so much. But now I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, premonition. I had all these things. What I didn't have was my own self-trust. So so I didn't trust me. It wasn't that I didn't trust what was going on. I didn't trust myself to be able to present it in a way that uh, people would be like, oh, she's talking the truth. So I was afraid of judgment. I also grew up in, with a Roman Catholic, um, well, Greek Orthodox father and an Anglican mother who who didn't, they weren't necessarily religious, but they were most definitely be, would be like, what in the holy heck is she talking about? So for me, it wasn't about when did I just start trusting the process um, or did I have a moment? It was when did I start trusting myself? in being in being that I do this work and that came when I figured out I was doing some kind of work I guess as a spirit yeah. and that come that is such a great way to put it is trusting yourself because very similar to you things happened to me as a child but what I found is as a teenager that became a priority being a teenager and yeah sort of fell away yes. so and here it comes knocking on the door again and I'm going, is that coincidence? Am I hearing things? Am I seeing things? Because you kind of have a little bit of, I guess, momentary uh, amnesia from when you were a child and you were so close to the other side and the veil was so thin. And so really leaning in and trusting all of that was huge, right? And knowing that, okay, yes, I do 
hear someone speaking to me. I do see those things, right? You know, here's something that I, since we're talking about trust, that I found really interesting in my my development. And I'm very, very careful when I talk about my personal development because it was very different than a lot of people's. Um, I, I, I lost a child. My sister said to me, go to a spirituals church. It's 10 minutes from your house. I still go to that spirituals church. Um, and I, I popped into the spirituals church and all of a sudden bells and whistles are going off and it's very comfortable. It feels like home. I'm like, great. I still don't know who I am or what I do. Um, but, but I sit in circles and I sit in these circles and, and people are like, wow, you're good at this. And I don't know what this is. And back then, Nancy, mediumship wasn't the number one thing. It was starting to become more of a fad. That's my word for mediumship right now. Everyone wants to be a medium. Everyone is a medium, but not everyone can do mediumship the way it is uh, meant to be done, so to speak. And there's there's many different ways to do it. So let me get to my point. My point here was that when I finally realized what I was doing, a very interesting thing happened. I found a circle and I sat with a very, very beautiful, she's crossed over now, very beautiful woman. And in that circle, uh, I was there with, and some of my dearest friends were in that circle with me. But she had this thing. So she was a, a, a very good medium. Been to uh, Arthur Finlay. If people don't know, it's Stansted in England, a very big college. She'd been there. She'd done this. She'd been, um, I, I wanted to say, oh, it's the one in New York, Lilydale. She'd been to Lilydale. So she was revered, right? And she said that none of us could give anyone a message until she said we could. Oh, really? And that never sat with me. But she she did that, and it didn't sit well with me. And it actually made me more nervous than anything else. Because remember, I believe that everyone is a psychic and a medium. So I believe that I could have I could do the work. What I didn't feel comfortable with was the judgment from other people at that point. Right? Or are people going to think I'm a fake? I'm a phony. Are people going to think? Because remember, if you're not doing this work consistently and being surrounded by people lifting you up, there is the tendency to be like, like you said beforehand. Okay, am I really doing this? Or, or maybe even skip that because I don't know if that's what I was thinking. I don't feel that's what I was thinking. I believe it was, are they going to look at me funny? Right. And, and my mom is a, was a big, she's still with us, bless her. But she was a big problem with that because the moment she found out there was an exchange financially in the work I do, she was like, oh, you're a gypsy. You're a, a swindler. You're a, I was like, oh, settle down, mama, settle down. But when that woman said, no, you can't read until I tell you, that put a big, big, big burden on my shoulders because now I've given my power to her. Yeah. And oddly enough, Nancy, I went and did for this spiritualist church, and she wasn't part of the spiritualist church in the sense sense of being a member there. She would she would do services there and things like that. Long story short. So I went and I ended up being the receptionist at an event for the church. So the church was uh, being a part of another person's event, and I went to be the receptionist and have other readers, and I would, uh, you know, book the other people for the other readers. And uh, they all wanted me. They all wanted to have a reading. I'll book with you. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not reading. Carolina's reading. So-and-so's reading. So, so No, no, I'll book with you. And I was like, no. So three people insisted, and I just gave the readings. 
And then I went home and called my my mentor, so to speak, and told her I did that. And I said, I'm sorry, but there wasn't this was the right thing to do. And and they were decent messages. They were good. The people were happy. They walked away happy. So yeah. what does that mean? And she came back and she she was, you know, she had a, felt a little stern in her response. But in essence, she said, well, good for you. See, and that's interesting to me. That brings up a whole different topic, but it brings up the topic of that mentor was not teaching you to trust yourself. They were completely taking control. And that that to me is not a development thing. That That is, I don't know, that goes against everything that I believe in or when I do development workshops with my students. And I'm, I'm sure the same as you. And that's why we call you the empowerment medium because you empower people, right? Now, I don't know, but that was many, 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 many moons ago. And as I said, she's crossed over and, and I loved her as a person. But but that actually, that was a probably, I think I did two or three more circles with her and then I, I moved along. And we all have new teachers, but the trust was the biggest thing. Like I gave her my power for her to tell me I was able to do something. And she was not telling me I was able to do something. So strangers told me I was. Yeah. And but it brings it back full circle to you sitting there at that very moment going, I trust myself enough to give these strangers the message. So it was almost like the catalyst to go, yes, of course, I trust myself. I'm taking my power back and I'm going to deliver these messages. And now you're a full time medium doing this all the time. So. Well, let's go a step further with that, though. Let's say that was a sign from spirit. Three strangers. Yeah. What are you waiting for, Tara? How, how much longer are you going to wait? Because we feel you're ready. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So trust is huge. Trust is, is so important. And not to give your trust to anyone else. Because no, no, no. They don't get to tell you when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're thinking about it from that place of like going to a, a class and, you know, the teacher, you have to write the test. And that's the other thing. I don't know about you, but I have zero interest in, in going to any of these these. I don't know, metaphysical guru places where they're all like, oh, you know, get a, I've never handed out a certificate that said someone is a medium. I'll I'll add a funny story to that. So as you know, I've studied with some very interesting individuals. And um, as we're talking about mentors, one of the mentors I had, I I signed, I won a scholarship with her and she had like a $3,000 class and and she was going to certify me as a medium and all of this. And all I really needed was someone to help me put all the pieces of the puzzle together. And I literally just, yeah, she showed me a couple cool things that helped me go, okay, now I know that's Nana now. And I know that that's dad coming through and just how to really identify the spirits that were coming through. But um, it, it was it was really interesting because I remember calling my niece up and I was so excited that I was going to get certified to be a medium and I heard dead silence on the other line. And my niece is a medium as well. My It's my husband's niece. And um, she's about 10 years younger than me. So it's, it's long story, but my husband comes from a big family. <laughs> so she goes, Nancy. And I said, yeah. And she said, why do you need a piece of paper? You know you're a medium. You've taught me everything I know. And I went, huh. I'm like, I don't know. You're right. I don't need a medium. So again, returning to that rest in myself, I don't need someone to sign a piece of paper to say that I'm doing the work. But if we take it and we spin it a little bit and we go, okay, let's let's remove, 
you know, you you did make you did make a good comment about the fact that different people come into our lives, reason, season. Same with mentors and teachers. Uh-huh. You know, we can learn a lot of things, and then we move to the next teacher, or we. My favorite is look within and work with our higher self. But let's talk about some of the signs when you're teaching your students that are really common when people are first opening up that that you should lean into and trust. And the one thing that you did was you held up your fingers. And so I, I really feel it's a good one to start with is numbers. Recognizing number sequences, right? Yeah. Now, here's where where I get a little bit. I get a little bit set in my my kind of ways. And I've been doing this work for a very, very long time. So I feel jaded in some ways with this stuff, though. So when people, you know, will send me messages and, and they'll be like, oh, my God, I'm seeing this number over and over and over again. And it's got to mean something. My answer to them, and then they'll say, Tara, what does it mean? Right. And my answer to them is always, what does it mean to you? Because you can go and look up a thousand oh. different ways. Same with power animals, though, right? But, and they, but the cool thing about power animals is they seem to kind of stay in the same realm. When you look them up, you kind of say, okay, yeah, badger means that. Oh, an extra little piece to badger. But... And this angel numbers, you can get down a rabbit hole with them. And so, you know, I always say, Nancy, that when you you get numbers or, or you know, an animal, what does it mean to you in the moment is the actual message, not what it means to everyone else. Hence why I'm totally anti-Oracle and Tarot uh, books, right? When you read, you get the book with the deck, because that's someone else's perception of it. Now, yes... Yes, it's it's the reason the card is there per se. But if you're good at what you do, baby, then you are going to be able to just give the message. But numbers are a big sign. The recognition of the numbers. Agreed? A hundred percent agreed. Because it's going to mean something very unique to you at the exact moment it's happening. Right? So, for example, if I'm seeing 333 every day at the same time that I'm thinking about a career change... Well, to me, that's that's acknowledgement from spirit, right? It it's a very much, and it's the same one I do any of the work with the animals. I agree with you. There is an underlying theme of you know, eagle means uh, wisdom and freedom and spirituality. There's all these things that tie in with sort of a generic message with the animal. But if I'm walking on a beach every day and I'm seeing an eagle every time, what am I thinking about in that? What am I doing at that exact moment? What have I asked spirit for guidance on? Because that's what ego represents, is the guidance, the spiritual wisdom, the knowledge. So learning to step a little bit out of the trust of, of you know, just the mundane, just the standard of ego and being like, okay, that's doing the work. To me, that's, that's saying, okay, I'm trusting ego's got the message now. I got to do the work. What is the message? Absolutely. And one of the things that I, I, I encourage people to do, this is something that I was doing in my development path. So I've had um, a power animal around me for a very long time since I can even remember. I've had a raven around me. And when I was working with uh, a, a past mentor, she said, you know, put it out to the universe and ask for a sign. You know, you can ask your guides, you can ask everyone. So I'm going to give this to to our listeners to give a try. If you want a sign from grandma or you want a sign from your animal or anything like that, grab a journal and ask for it. So what I did in my particular case is I said, okay, Raven, 
Um, I need to know that you're my master power animal and I want to see you three times within the next week. Just show me yourself. So the first time I saw a literal raven sitting on the grass as I was driving to work. And I thought, okay, that's cool. Okay, you got one. Now I need a sign of your sign. I need two more times. So I was downtown at one of my meetings and I was leaving and I was behind um, an all black panel van with vanity plates that said Raven. And I went, all right, that's two, but I need three. Because why wouldn't I just take the first one, right? My goodness. So I get home and there's a documentary on the TV that I turn on on Ravens and I go, okay, I got three. But it's kind of a fun exercise because I swear spirit sits up there face palming all the time being like, okay, she needs another sign. Let's scare her. <laughs> well, I mean, at the beginnings of, the, of your metaphysical spiritual journey, though, you do need those signs. You do need the affirmations and validations that you're doing the work. And if you are doing the work on your own, if you're sitting in your own space and you're like, okay, because you know what? People run out and they all of a sudden they get a couple messages or they feel something instead of like honing their skill set. And, and, you know, because we're all psychics, we're all mediums, and but there's an etiquette to the work that we do for real. There are things like you ain't to be going out there and diagnosing people, friends, because that is not your, and we'll get into that at a different time. But my point being is that if you're just sitting there and doing the work for yourself and, and getting into that space of, okay, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm getting. The validation is important. And if you're doing the work by yourself, where are you getting the validation? That's why circles are great. If you find a mentor or even someone that maybe is not necessarily mentorship, but um, that's holding a circle that you feel safe in, that you feel that they are authentic and, and you know, know their stuff. Go and find a circle in person, online, whatever, because that's where you're going to get some confirmation. I have people in my circles for four or five years and not because they're not learning anything and they just stay, but because they enjoy getting, you know, uh, the the upliftment and growth in the development of their own space because we're all at different levels. And I want to add to what you're saying. The reason people stay with you three or four or five years is because it's a safe environment and they can trust everyone around them. And I and I really want people to tap into that. If you go somewhere and it doesn't feel safe or you feel judged or put down or that the the supposed mentor is condescending, get out of there. That's not meant for you. That's not going to help you. And trust comes back to 100% us again, right? If you're working on this journey, what is your gut instinct telling you? And then Find those like-minded people. Find that beautiful soul group and work within it and then wait for the signs. And the other, the other thing I loved about journaling with signs and synchronicities was it also helped me create a database. So when I work with spirit, um, it's not all the time like I'm having a talk with you. It's a little bit like charades for me. And so they'll show me images and it basically downloads an entire understanding of a paragraph of information to relay to whoever's sitting with me. Mm -hmm. So I worked on this. It's kind of my own little dictionary. So then I got to know, okay, when, you know, if I constantly was seeing signs and symbols from spirit and it meant this, journaling it was great. So as I went along on my development path, I could look back and go, okay, if I see a rose, it means love. Or if I feel itchy all over, it means asthma or whatever it is. 
there was different things and and just trusting my entire body's worth of senses to say yes yes okay this is what it is and it's it's a bit rewarding to look back at now when i look at some of my old journals and i go oh baby you've come a long way <laughs> right because yeah. that, that comes with practice that comes with the perception of of ex- exactly what circles are for so that you can see how other people do the work so that you can, you know, you can say, okay, that doesn't resonate with me. I don't know how they got that from that, but the message was right, but I don't get how she got it because we're all different. We're all very unique in the work we do. And the fact that, uh, you know, spiritualism and metaphysical work is way more mainstream than it ever has been. As a matter of fact, I have never seen so many people wanting to do this kind of work. And when you think about that for a moment, you're, you go into that place of having to to trust those that are around you. Like you said, who are the people doing it for the money? Who are the people doing it for a service? That doesn't mean that, that you know, I'm, I'm working for free because this is my livelihood. I've been blessed, hallelujah, to be able to do what I do well. I, I'm a decent medium, so I'm told I'm going to take it. Um, but I'm a decent medium, so I know that I, I can I can have this as a full-time business. I can have this, uh, you know, to feed my family and whatever. But there has to be an exchange. I'm not afraid of the exchange because I know I'm authentic. You have to be able to go through. And like you said, if someone is sitting in mentorship or, or you're sitting with someone who doesn't have some background in this, you know, some kind of energy that says, you know, I've done a little bit of work. You don't have to go and pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, I've probably in the, what, 25 years I've done this professionally, I've probably spent about, honestly, $20,000 in in my development. And what I mean by that is taking and sitting with people that I find um, that they have something that's going to help me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, to trust more of myself or to trust additional messaging. You know, when I took soul retrieval classes, those were because I want to make sure I was doing the, I knew what spirit was giving me, but how am I delivering them? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I'm from a huge school of always be learning. I think it's something that if we're constantly working on ourselves, but like you mentioned, coming from the proper place of authentic integrity, and we're going to have a whole episode on on ethics and Maybe integrity too. <laughs> yeah. But you know, bringing it back to trusting and and confirmation, what what has really been something that you've seen as a consistency either in your own journey or in some of your students where you've been like, "Yes, that's wonderful when they when you see that key moment when when the trust just starts happening." It is it's always when there's validation. When someone looks at them and and they've said it, because I'm not there in their quiet moments when they're doing this work by themselves. So it's always in circle. It's always when someone looks at them. And uh, here's the key thing, Nance. Boo-boo, straight up. I know when people are fake validating. So what I mean by that, they don't want to hurt the person who's giving the message. So I know, I know it's like a stab in my heart because they're not doing the other person a favor. They're not. And all the other person has to do is sit back, relax, go back into it. It works every time. But it's when that person 
can give a, an, a confirmation to the giver of the message. And you can see that person, the giver of the message, eyes light up and they're like, yes, I got it. I got it. And you can tell authentically they took the message. Not just, I don't want to hurt their feelings because that happens. But I got, and you see the connection between the two of them and you can feel the excitement. That for me, it tells me that we've hit the aha moment. I love that. I love that. What is it for you? Exactly the same. Because that for me, what gave me the confidence to trust myself was the validation. And as you know, now that we've both been doing this work a while, you've been doing it a lot longer than me, but we don't get validation. When you, when you start exchanging um, services or money for services, you can sometimes have someone sitting in front of you and they're trying everything to not show you an ounce of anything. I love that, the, the, the stick face. Yeah. You're, <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Um but when you're first starting out, it really helps build your confidence that you're hitting you're hitting the mark. You're hitting you know all the truthfulness. I remember I did uh, a one reading and and my mentor at the time was just you give whatever you get. You yeah. just give whatever you get. And so I'm like, I had a dad and I had a, a green leaf. I had nothing else, and he just said, kept saying, talk about the green leaf. And I was going scooching around it. And he's like, talk about the green leaf. And you could see her sitting there kind of nodding and going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because I was telling all the traits about her dad. I said, oh, I just have to say it finally. He's giving me a green leaf. And she burst into tears. And I went, can I ask what the green leaf is? And normally I don't ask what it was, but I was still pretty new. And she she knew she was coming to me. I would have asked <laughs> Um, he, before he passed away, had a painting commissioned for her of this beautiful green leaf. Aww. So I was like, okay, that's great. Because it's not something I could make up. It's not something that I could be like, you know, not that I would ever make it up. But it really made me trust spirit and go, trust yourself, Nancy. They're not going to let you down. They're going to give you exactly what you need to bring through that that means something to the sitter. And... Yeah, so that's kind of and and you know the other thing I did in the last few years is I really shifted. I know we work for people when they come and they contract, you know, or they hire us to do a reading for them, but I shifted my mentality that as much as I love the people, as much as I'm trying to offer healing and delivering messages to them for whatever it is that they need, I'm working for spirit. My contract is with spirit and that really was game changer because the downloads, the information was just so much different because you're not, again, I'm returning to what you said earlier, not trying to please people with what they want to hear. I give them what they need to hear from spirit. Yeah, always the strongest, most powerful message may not be the message they want to hear, but it is your, your truth to give what you get. Always, right? So, you know, there are countless times that I've given messages that people are like, and I'm like, just put it on the shelf. It'll come to you when you're ready. And then I get phone calls back. I get things back because I'm trusting that whatever spirit is giving to me is it. Is it. That's what I have to give. I can't be upset if if you're upset you didn't get it. And that's why a lot of the readings that I do now um, when I do them is more based along the lines of, I want you to know that I will give you what you need as opposed to what you want. 
I'm hoping I give you a little bit of what you want, boo-boo. But I will always give you what you need. Remember that when you take the message. And I thought that they they fall into that space a little bit better than. 100%. And I, and I think that this whole topic of trust actually comes full circle when the clients and our sitters, I invite you, if you're out there listening and you are getting ready to have a, a psychic reading, an animal reading, a, a mediumship reading, whatever it is, to trust what's coming through and be open to receive, right? Don't get in that test the mediumship game. Don't get in the, if it's my dad, he's going to bring through the word red. You know, like nobody, just be open because some beautiful, beautiful things can unfold when you trust, right? So there's, there's a lot in the world about this word trust. And remember, everyone receives differently. So it has to come down that pipeline, right? So, so if you've put out the intention that you are going to have a reading and receive whatever you need to receive, boom, you're all in. If you put out a reading and be like, I need to have this, this, and this, and this, and this, you, it's okay to say, I want my dad to come through. I want my son to come through, my brother. It's okay for that. You know, put that intention out there. Call them to you. But if you're going in there and you're wanting all these specifics and, and tell me what my secret nickname was, there is a chance that, that that's not the message coming through. That would be a hell of a validation, though. Your nickname was Bobby Joe. <laughs> but, but you know what? We got to be honest. As as mediums, we bring in what spirit gives us. And if if that's if that's not good enough for you, I will always give you your money back, send you on your way. But but I I stand by what spirit gives me because I trust spirit. Don't always trust everyone else around me. But <laughs> and I trust spirit too. And I think that's a great time to sort of wrap it up. So. You know, trust in yourself, trust in the messages that you're getting from spirit, and it's going to be an incredible journey. Absolutely. And, and that brings us to episode three, which is all about, oh, this is going to be a rapid hill. I don't know if I want to die on. But um, we're talking about uh, organized religion, uh, different organized religions and spirituality and, and, and how we can believe in one thing so passionately and then struggle with believing in something else. So I am, I am, I don't know if I'm scared, Nancy, or excited for this. I don't know. I don't know because everyone knows how I am about organized religion. And I read for every organized religion out there. So bring it on, sister. It's going to be fun. You guys want to tune in for sure. I am Nancy Brady, intuitive medium, signing off. <laughs> She's signing off. I guess I'll follow her. I'm Tora Diana, empowerment medium, please. If you enjoy this, tell your friends about it. We are excited to be hosting these little mini chit chats because we just like spending time with each other and you. So, yes. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next week or hear you or you'll hear us <laughs> or you will see us. Yeah. If you go to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye.